I love a new year. I love new starts. Um, there, there are a lot of things I love, and I hate resolutions. <laughs> Series for the month is called Resolutions for the Soul. <laughs> We're going to touch on that in just a second. But what I really like is I like to win. You can say amen if you like to win. Do you like to win? All right, there you go. I like to win. I like it when my team wins. Okay? Football, basketball, baseball. I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, and we haven't seen much winning lately in the college world. Thank you. I'm also a Dallas Cowboys fan. They did okay until they choked it out against the Washington Redskins and gave the game away. I like the Huntsville Havoc hockey teams. I like the Yankees. I like the Miami Heat. Mitzi says I like all the thug teams, but... That's a different sermon. (laughs) Here's the thing. I like these teams. Now, Andy gives me a hard time because I say I'm a Yankees fan, but I really couldn't tell you five people that play. Okay? (laughs) I just like watching the Yankees. I guess it's the pinstripes. I don't know. Uh, Here's the thing. I like these teams. I like when they win. I don't like it when they lose. I don't like to see anything that I enjoy lose. But I'm not the fan of any of these teams that loses sleep over a loss, okay? I don't, it doesn't ruin my day. It doesn't ruin my month. It doesn't ruin my year if my teams don't have a winning season. Some would say because I've just come to expect that from my teams. I'll caveat that by saying the Miami Heat are doing really well right now. So you can uh, just keep an eye on them. They're my one last hope in all of my teams this year. But it doesn't dictate my mood or my outlook on life or the way that I treat people around me if one of my teams wins or loses. Because the reality is, and this goes for every sport that we love, whatever your sport or sports are, when it's all said and done, it's just a game. Gasp. Did he just say that in the heart of Roll Tide Roll and War Eagle Country? Yes, yes, I did. And I'll say it again. It's just a game. I realize that... It's a game with a very large price tag on it, that that there's money to be made. But when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, when the stands are empty of people and filled with their trash, when the fields and the rings and the arenas and the tracks all stand empty again, it's just a game. No one's life has ever been eternally changed because of a game. The series title for the month of January, like I said, is Resolutions for the Soul. And and specifically, we're going to break down here at Huntsville Christian Church what our core values are during the month of January. And in case you're wondering what they are, they're win, commit, grow, and go. And we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about what they are. We're going to talk about what they mean. We're going to talk about how the leadership team has come to understand these things as revelation from God's word to his church, more specifically to his church right here in Huntsville, Alabama, and what we can do about those things. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you, as I said earlier, for the opportunity to be here. Lord, I pray as as we look at your word that we can focus on that. We we can funnel it into our our minds and into our hearts. As we come face to face with you today, we will leave differently. That our response to, to what we hear will be something that we can live out. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Wow, resolutions for the soul. As I said earlier, I don't like resolutions. You see, the thing about resolutions is that they bring about change. 
When you resolve to do something, you're saying that you will follow it through to the end. I was watching on TV the Good Morning America or the Today Show or whatever happened to be on, and they had an expert on resolutions. Uh, I guess he kept all of his. I don't know. But he was saying, you should make resolutions that are attainable. Make attainable resolutions. I thought, man, that's a good idea. I'm going to make a resolution to lose weight. That's attainable. I made that resolution. I've lost three pounds. I'm done. All right? That's it. I'm set. I followed his advice, and my year is already amazing because I didn't break my resolution, and I'm done. (laughs) It just seems like an oxymoron. Make a resolution that's attainable. Here's the things you can expect, all right? Two things you can expect from from Huntsville Christian Church with our resolutions for the soul. (laughs) That is awesome. Uh, The things you can expect this year change, and we're going to follow it through to the end. Uh, Here's the thing. Each of our core values are going to be what we funnel everything through. Win, commit, grow, go. You've probably already noticed some change out in the foyer. You saw the HCC to go booth. Uh, that's, that's a place where we're going to, we want to funnel in our visitors and our guests. They can go there. They can share uh, some information. They're going to get a little something that talks about the church and talks about why we're here and what we do. Um, that's a new addition. That's something you're going to get used to seeing. HCC to go is something we started talking about uh, last year. And as Huntsville Christian Church goes places in the community and in the state and in the world, if you're following us on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that, you'll see a hashtag that says HCC to go. We want people to know that we're not content with just sitting here, patting each other on the back. We are called to go. And that all comes back to win. So in short, as we talk about our core values, now say them with me. Win, commit, grow, go. One more time. Win, commit, grow, go. Well, that's pretty good. You got a little rhythm going on that. That's nice. As we talk about our core values, we're going to talk about how how we can support them. We're going to talk about how we can encourage one another in those core values as Christians, as part of a team, and, and how as we look to the coming year, if something doesn't funnel into those core values, there's a good chance we're not going to use it or we're not going to do it. Now, understand, that doesn't mean that it's a bad idea, okay? It just means that it doesn't fit where we're headed in the coming year and in the future of where God is taking Huntsville Christian Church. You see, one of the things I've learned in ministry is that Satan is very good at dangling what I like to call the carrot of... of <laughs> I can't say it all at once. He likes to dangle the well-intentioned carrot of distraction in our faces, that's, that's one of the things that Satan's good at. And you know what that is for you. It's that thing. It's not bad. It's not lies. It's not cheating. It's not stealing. It's not horrible things. It's, it's a good-intentioned carrot of distraction. It's, it's that mild distraction, that whatever it is for you that takes away from maybe some morning quiet time with God. Or, or maybe it's the video game that takes us away from our families, kids. And that also goes for adults, by the way. I know a lot of you guys are playing some of these online games and stuff. It's whatever it is that may distract us from what we're here to do, whether it's with our families, with our community. Maybe it's the time we spend on Facebook and Twitter and texting when we could and should be spending time with our families and in our communities. It's those well-intentioned carrots of distraction that he dangles in front of us. But this year... All of 2013 for Huntsville Christian Church is about one word, vision. Specifically, 2020, good vision, crystal clear vision. I don't have it physically. 
okay? Andy does not have 20-20 vision either, all right? We don't have 20-20 vision, but our goal is, is that our vision and God's vision would come together. The goal is that at the end of the year, we will truly see our world using God's vision, not our own eyes. It's going to be a tough year because when, when we measure ourselves up with God, we always fall short because we are not there. But he is there to pick us up, to dust us off, and to show us his way. I've picked a verse, and this is going to be kind of our focal point for the year. Uh, it's going to come up on the screen in just a second. It's Psalm 119.37. I challenge you all, memorize this verse and begin to apply it to your life every day. Here's what it says. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. So you may be thinking, well, how am I going to have God's vision? Step one, let's hide this specific word in our heart and let's begin to focus on that. God, turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Say that with me. Here it is. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Good job. You guys will have that memorized in no time. Now, there's going to be some other key verses throughout the year, but that's our first one, Psalm 119.37. Matter of fact, I want to challenge you guys in the coming Sundays as you greet somebody, don't just say, hey, how are you doing? Say, hey, how are you doing? What's the verse? Oh, you just went from preaching to meddling. I got it written down in my Bible and I'll read it later, but I can't remember it. It's easy. Make, I challenge you, make it fun. Help us sharpen each other. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. I, I want to open up this morning with a familiar scripture that's going to help us to do that. And, and as we read through this scripture, you're going to see our core values. Win, commit, grow, and go unfold in these words. And just so you know, today I'm only talking about when. And in the coming weeks, each Sunday is dedicated to those words, win, commit, grow, and go. But I'm going to start off today with Matthew 28, because it kind of encompasses all four of those things. Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go into all the world, preaching, teaching, and baptizing in my name. As we break into our first core value, like I said, it, it's win. And it's one that can bring about confusion if we're not careful. Uh, because we start off, it's a very strong one-word statement. You don't, you don't say to somebody, when... Go, team. No, it's a whole sentence. It's like, win, win, go, win. Usually it comes at the end, though. It, it, you know, we say, go, team, go fight, win. Or in NASCAR, at the end of the race, you hear him, that he takes the checkered flag for the win. Or sometimes you'll hear the announcer say, you just saw history in the making. They won the whole thing. Win typically comes at the end. And I've had people ask me over the course of the last year, why is win the first thing in our core values? Why win? Why is it first? You never hear of a win at the beginning of anything. We're going to flip a coin. You guys win. Game's over. It doesn't happen that way. We know that in order to win, you have to train hard. You have to play hard. You have to perform like a team to win. The other question I have people ask is, well, what are we winning? 
If, if win is the first word in our core values, what are we winning? Or is there a competition I didn't know about? I didn't get a raffle ticket? I didn't sign up? What are we winning here at Huntsville Christian Church? And we're going to talk about those things. Some people, when, I, when they talk about win in the sense of our core values, I've had someone say, well, isn't that rather presumptuous? It's not our job to win. Uh, the Spirit of God wins a man. Uh, today I'm going to define the win for us. And we're going to start by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So go ahead and turn there. We're going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to break down a few things. And I, I hope that this week you'll go through and read that again. Come to some of the understandings of what win is for Huntsville Christian Church. What win looks like for us as individual Christians. And what our job is in order to win others for Christ. <clears throat> as you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want to tell you that one of the reasons we went through the Jesus Project last year was because I knew that today was coming, and I knew that I was going to be preaching on when. And so I wanted to start last year giving you tools and the information that you need so that all of us can go out and win people for Jesus Christ. And so if you missed some of those, you can go back and listen to them online. But that was kind of the focus and the purpose for the Jesus Project, was to give us tools and information needed so that we can go out and win people for Jesus. You see, when you look at the word win, it's not just its own world. It's, it's kind of like a parfait. Who doesn't like parfait, right? It's sweet and yummy and it's layered. But win is like that. It's a layered process that requires response and it also requires action on our part. As Christians, it requires action, as well as God moving in the lives of people as we introduce them to him. So win is kind of a layered thing. It's not us taking the credit, but it's us doing some of the action of bringing people to understand who God is. Something to remember is that we're winning people to Jesus. That's the first thing I want you to really understand. Um, we're winning people to Jesus. We're not winning them to us, Okay. Um, we, the first layer there is to introduce people to Jesus, to share with the people you meet who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. We're not winning people to us. Okay. We're not creating disciples of fat rock or of, of insert your own name here. That's not the key. All right. But it is to introduce people to Jesus. We're winning people to him. We're not winning people to this building. Okay. We are not winning people to follow me. We're not winning people so that they come here and they serve us as much as we'd like to be served and taken care of. That's not what we're winning people to or for. We are winning people by introducing them to Jesus Christ and coming alongside of them and making sure that they understand his love and his mercy and his forgiveness. That's what we're winning people to. We're winning people by sharing the good news of Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection. And we have to make sure that they understand how all of those things had to happen just the way they did so that we could spend eternity with Jesus. That's where the win all comes together. We're not winning people by simply baptizing them. Okay? That's just the beginning. Baptism is a win. Make no mistake. It is a win. When, when someone has heard the word of God and they believe it and, and they have... Um, repented of their sins, and they've confessed Jesus as their Lord of their life, and they get baptized, oh, we celebrate that win for sure. The, the Bible even says angels rejoice when that happens, but the game's not over. 
You see, baptism is like a grand slam home run in the third inning of baseball. It's a great thing. It's a momentary victory, but there's still six more innings of baseball before the game is over. All right? Baptism is that kind of a win. There is still work to do after the win of baptism. It doesn't stop when we pull somebody up out of the water. It just gets started. There's the job of discipleship, mentoring, guiding, talking to the, or taking the new Christian from milk to meat and their knowledge of Scripture and, in, and using it in their lives. And just so you know, discipleship of Christians is not just my job. Coming here and listening to a sermon or going to a Sunday school class does not count as you being discipled. Small groups that you meet with are not the place where you're being discipled. You might be being challenged and encouraged and those things, but you're not being discipled because that really happens one-on-one with you and someone else. But that's part of another sermon later on this month, a little spoiler alert. Let's look at what Paul has to say to the Corinthian church about all of these things. And remember this, Paul wrote 1 Corinthians to the church and its leaders. It's his first letter to a relatively young church. I think they may have made some mistakes. I think they've suffered some setbacks. As you look in chapter 3, we're about to look. And and you can see they've suffered some setbacks in the form of fellowship and understanding the win and how they could impact the kingdom. In chapter 3, we're going to see they were confusing the win. Let's start with verse 1. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food. For you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Verse 3, you are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Verse 10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each of each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells among you? Excuse me, that God's spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then no more boasting about human leaders. 
all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. That's harsh. That's not the kind of letter you want somebody to write to your church. It says things that are kind of hurtful. He calls them out. Still mere humans. Calls them babes. They're still eating milk. You see, the issue here is not that people weren't being one to Christ. They had people being one to Christ. The issue is they were putting more value on the ones who introduced them to Christ. And they were forgetting what they were one to. They were forgetting what the win is. They were getting confused. They were arguing over the greatness of the men who introduced them to Jesus. They, they were like little kids. I was baptized by Apollos, so my salvation's better than yours. No, I was baptized by Paul. My salvation's better than yours. They're back and forth. They weren't of one accord. They, weren't, they didn't have the win. They had it confused by the things around them. Let's not confuse the win. Because we have a building doesn't mean we won. Because we have a great preacher doesn't mean that we won. <laughs> okay. Because you're here with me does not mean that we won. Don't get the wind confused. They missed it. Paul's telling them that. You've missed it. You should be growing in Christ. You should be going from milk to meat. But you're stuck on who saved you. Some of you are just stuck on the fact that, well, I got baptized. I'm a Christian. I'm done. No, we're just starting that work. We got to get busy. I love that he says to them, neither of us saved you. It wasn't Apollos. It wasn't Paul. He makes it very clear in verse 5 through 7 what we, that we as Christians are responsible for certain things. We get the ball rolling, so to speak. What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Let's reword that for a minute. It's just kind of bring it home to Huntsville Christian Church. All right. What after all is Fat Rock? What is Andy? Only servants through whom you came to believe. You know, it doesn't matter whose name is inserted there, whether it's mine or Andy's or yours. We Christians are the servants. It's our job. It's our calling It's our command from Jesus to be the people that through us, the world will come to believe. That's the win. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. My task is not the same as your task. And your task is not the same as the person's next to you. We each have a task. But every one of us who knows Jesus Christ personally has a testimony. And part of our task is to share that with people who don't know him. I want to keep going in that whole bringing it home here to Huntsville Christian Church in those verses and changing the words or changing the names around. Fat Rock planted the seed and watered and Andy watered it. But God has been making it grow. We're just seed planters. There's nothing magical about me being up here on this stage or Andy preaching and teaching with our young people or Lindsay and Christy and and our different people working with our kids. There's nothing magical about that. We all have a part to play. But neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. Only God makes things grow. Well, that's very humbling. 
Just when I was beginning to think I was somebody, I read here that neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. (laughs) I'm not really anything. I'm like, you know, when it comes to the grand scheme of winning people for Jesus, I'm like Rudy on God's football team. You remember Rudy? Remember that movie? Yeah. He was like the Zacchaeus of Notre Dame football. (laughs) Not because he was taking people's money, because he was little. Uh, That should be each one of us. On God's team, he was little, but man, he had a huge heart. He had a huge heart. Individually, we may be little. As as a congregation, you may look around and think, wow, we're little. But you know what? If we have a huge heart, we may be little. But if our heart is big and our heart is focused on winning people for God, we're going to see amazing things happen in his kingdom. Verse 9 says, for we are co-workers in God's service. That's us too. We are co-workers in God's service. And if we want to see winning happen in our schools and in our homes and in our neighborhoods and in our city, in our state, in our world, us co-workers better get to work. There's work to be done. We can't be like the fig tree that produced no fruit. We must bear fruit to have a win. We can only bear fruit when we spend time in God's word when we pray, when we meditate on his word. And when I talk about spending time with God in prayer, it's not bless this food. It's not that. That's good. We need to be thankful for the things he's given us. We've got to spend time with God, praying, meditating on his word, reading it and thinking on it, making it applicable to our lives. We need to worship through sacrificial living. That's one of my things. We've got to be reaching out to others in his name. It's great that we take up an offering every week, and and I hope you give deeply, okay? But it's of yourselves just as much as it is of your coin, of your pocketbook, of your checkbook, of whatever it is you're giving. In order to win, we've got to be producing fruit. And if we are cut off or slightly broken off, a slightly broken off branch, from the the root of God's love, if we are slightly broken off from God, if we're not praying, if we're not meditating, if we're not spending time with him, if we're not practicing sacrificial living, if we're not reaching out to others in his name, we're just filling up a building every Sunday. And let me tell you, that doesn't produce fruit. Being intentional about changing the course of someone's eternity, now that's bearing fruit. It's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's not easy. But it's bearing fruit. And that, brothers and sisters, is the win. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus doesn't say, go out and and get a doctorate degree in understanding the scripture and then go save people and teach them and baptize them according to my, my will, my laws. That's not what he says. I don't know what your education level is. I don't know what your reading level is. I don't know what your comprehension level is. Don't think for a minute that it's inadequate to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Because as I said earlier, you have a testimony. If you were here today, he has touched your life somehow. And you are living it. So I want to challenge you to go and share it. You don't have to have the scriptures memorized. If you do, I'd be out of a job. You have to care about someone else besides yourself. So what are we winning people to here at Huntsville Christian Church? Most important thing is that we are winning them 
to knowing God and understanding his love. We are winning them by being a light in this community. We do several events each year here that are simply about Huntsville Christian Church telling our community, hey, here we are and we care about you because Jesus cares about you. And I know some of you don't see the value in some of the events like Trunk or Treat or our Spring Fest outreach and even Christmas prayers and things like that. They take a lot of work. They take a lot of money. And we may never see the win in this building. But over the years that I've been in ministry, I've had countless conversations with fellow Christians about things like, why would the church celebrate Halloween? And why would the church celebrate, uh, have an Easter egg hunt? And uh, what does a petting zoo have to do with Jesus rising from the dead? I don't get all that. The first time Mitzi and I hosted the Mad Hatter's Tea Party at a church in Florida, people thought we had lost our minds. It was springtime. All the other churches were doing Easter egg extravaganzas and stuff like that. And we said, Mitzi said, hey, let's do, let's do a Mad Hatter's Tea Party. Let's break this out. Let's have a good time with these kids. It was amazing. You know, <laughs> the win. People don't always understand the win. We don't always see the win. But we, we do these events And we plan these events and we pray over these events so that we can introduce our community to Jesus Christ. I want you to know the win is happening. If you've been a part of Huntsville Christian Church in the last few years, the win is happening. And one of these things, um, one of the things that that happened, um, I, I got this little note right here. I get a lot of people after things like Trunk or Treat and Spring Fest and Christmas prayers and some of the outreach things we do, I'll get emails and different things that people just say, thank you for sharing the love of Jesus with my family. Um, Christmas prayers this year. Some of you sat down with people who were strangers for dinner. And by the end of the night, you were hugging them and saying goodbye like you'd known them forever. And it was awesome. Those people were calling me later on. I got some calls even after Christmas. Thank you so much for the gifts for my kid. You made something possible that that we we didn't have the ability to do. I want to share a letter with you that I received this past week. It came here to the office, and it was surprising to me because it happened last spring. um, But here's the letter. Last spring, my 18-month-old granddaughter and I happened to pass your church and all of your wonderful Easter festivities. You were kind enough to invite us to join and you to join you and you totally made her and my day. We had so much fun with your petting zoo, duck game, egg hunt, face painting and bouncy house. I didn't even remember most of those things that we did at the um <laughs> at the Spring Fest. This donation is just our way of saying thank you for the memories. Everyone in your church went out of their way with the kindness to make us feel welcome. Please don't respond to this letter. It's just our way of again saying Thank you. That's a win. That's a win. This family came by during Spring Fest and pulled in. And something good must have happened there because here it is, January, and they were still thinking about us. That's a win. So we get focused this year. As we clean off our glasses, start to fix our vision, start to think about our core values and why we're here to win, to commit, grow, and go. They can happen any day in any number of ways, but they won't happen if all of us aren't on board with them. 
A house divided will always fall. But like Paul says in verse 10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And that's the foundation we're going to continue to build on here at Huntsville Christian Church this year. There's the foundation of Jesus Christ. And that's the win. Us Christians building on that foundation of Jesus Christ by introducing people to Jesus Christ. My words may never move you to respond, but the word of God, when it has been preached or shared with somebody, if you've listened and as you share Jesus with somebody, if they listen and search out themselves and you search yourself for how to apply it to your life, when you hear the word of God, it will always require you to have a response. And when you share your testimony with somebody, and when you share Jesus with someone, it will require a response. Their response may be, hey, I'm not ready to hear all that. Okay. Somebody is. I want to challenge you to find those people this year. When, when the word of God is put before us, it will always require a response. I don't know what your response will be today. Maybe this is the day that you respond to the word of God by submitting yourself to him in baptism. Maybe your response is going to be to begin living sacrificially with your time, with your money, with your talents. Maybe responding, you're going to respond to God's word today by living out what you believe. No more keeping it in, but sharing it. Maybe your response today is to, to make a commitment. And I hope this is everybody's response. To go out and win one person a month to Jesus. You don't have to win them to Huntsville Christian Church. Win them to Jesus. Whatever your response is, come and share it with us. The elders are here. Pray with you. The baptistry is ready. God is waiting. You've heard his word. The real question is, as we step out to win, how are we going to respond to God's word? Will you stand and sing with us as you decide how you're going to respond? (laughs) 